They stayed here for a few days. And they patched us up? They patched it up. I gave them a little guidance. What happened? Did somebody sneeze? Oh, there was like a nose print. Somebody was looking at it too close. No, probably not. Wasp or something. They tried to get them to stay so you know, another one could be made, mm-hmm. but the, the change in the flights back to India, uh, price was yeah. too much. Oh, yeah. So they wanted to stay so they could do another? To do another one, one because uh, they wanted Ricochet to do the ceremonies oh. and such. Oh, yeah. And, um, the cost for them to stay was too much. Yeah, apparently. yeah. Everyone has a little prayer book. You can follow along. Page 16. Thanks. Yay! I finally remember the page number. (laughs) (laughs) So the first half we'll recite in Tibetan. And when we finish, we'll do, when we recite the prayers, we'll recite them both in Tibetan and English. Sashi Pergil Chongshin Medo Chang Rera Nende Gyambandi Sangye Shindu Mite Puai Dogun Nanta Shinla Chuban Shoh Edam Guru Ranamandala Gandhi Adayande Song ye chadam zoye chadam la Janjum badu dane kabzu che Dagi chenye gebe sanamke Jola benjur sange chubasho Sangye Chodam Soye Chodam La Chancho Badu Dane Kyakso Che Dagi Chodnya Gibe Sanamke Jola Penchir Sangye Chobasho Sangye Chodam Soye Chodam La Chancho Badu Dane Kyakso Che Daye Chodnya Gebe Sanamke Jola Penchur Sangye Chobasho
good Sunday morning, everyone. <laughs> the first time you you here? Uh, were you here? Going to change last uh, the teaching now? Oh, you weren't there. I was going to ask you, but I wasn't there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to try to go through one more boomy. <laughs> In, in explaining the, the different stages that the Bodhisattvas goes through before they become uh, fully enlightened Buddha. Uh, and, and some, some more uh, background so you can understand, so you have more of a holistic uh, understanding of the Bhumis in general. Okay? Remember, when, uh, when you're trying to achieve meditative state, there are it's not so much that uh, the reason that we cannot uh, uh, attain meditative state right away as soon as we want to it's not so much because of our lack of uh, ability to do so it's much more uh, due to the fact that because of our the, the habitual tendencies that we have become familiar with we have accustomed our minds with, 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 with the very opposite conditions of meditation and they they leave in our mind traces of uh, of uh, I guess what what they refer to as uh, obstacles or hindrances. They leave behind traces of behavior, traces of tendencies that act as hindrances to being able to achieve meditative state right away. So in order for us to get to meditative state, we have to sort of train our mind, sort of uh, retrain our mind to not really to get to meditative state necessarily, but more of getting rid of all those tendencies that are obstructing us from achieving meditation. And because of this kind of uh, understanding, that's why you may have heard or maybe you may have, have this understanding that uh, if the mind, when you leave the mind um, by itself without any elaboration, without any fabrication, the, the natural state of the mind is said to be nirvana itself like the state of nirvana the experience of nirvana is the natural state of the mind okay so all the all the experiences that we that we encounter are things added onto the mind okay so the specifically the the uh, the, the hin- what becomes the hindrance the hindrance what becomes the hindrances what become the hindrances for for achieving meditative state, a, a, a focus, blissful state of mind that is that that, that is uh, uh, that is completely to your service, where the mind becomes something that you can do something do something do something with, rather than something that you're trying to uh, avoid. Okay. These five hindrances are attachment, and not attachment in in the way we I mean. The way we understand attachment, like uh, lust, for uh, for example, lust is just one kind of attachment. Uh, attachment is really because of our misunderstanding of, the, of of reality, and when we experience things which are pleasant, we ask, we 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 believe that the contentment is coming is, is is like being transferred from the object that we are experiencing that we are encountering and coming into us. So that makes us think that the, our happiness is coming from encounters with the, with, with the senses. 
So we we encounter things with our eyes, with our nose, and so forth. And then we encounter sometimes pleasant experiences through those senses. And then through habitual tendency of think of wrongly thinking that the happiness is actually coming from that thing and entering into one of, one of our senses. That's where we, we we develop naturally, of course, attachment. So it is wanting to be pleased through the senses. So that's what attachment is about. And because of that, uh, we, we sort of we can see now how we have trained our mind to go out outward. And now meditation is an inner thing, so it becomes difficult to get the mind to stay inside because the mind is so accustomed to thinking that happiness is found outside. Okay, so that's attachment. And then, of course, uh, right after that, when we encounter things through our senses because of uh, th- that are not pleasant. And because, again, we believe that the non-unpleasant condition is coming from the object itself, what we do is that we uh, react towards the object in such a way, thinking that we will destroy that, 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 uh, that, uh, I don't want to say energy, but (laughs) we we think we are are destroying that uh, vibe, that essence, that making us uh, uh, experience pain, making us experience unhappiness. Okay, and that's aversion, and and then and we, we develop anger towards toward that. So, uh, and that tendency remains in our mind as aversion. That remains as attachment, and then uh, the other uh, hindrances are, um, uh, I guess, uh, uh, it's like uh, I, I prefer to, to to call it as dysfunctional guilt. It is a, a, a kind of uh, remorse that you have, a kind of guilt that you have that just lingers instead of uh, allowing you to to uh, to uh, to engage the world or to engage whatever situation in a way that is uh, constructive. What it does is it destroys you. It puts you in a condition where you become incapable of of, of being of service to yourself or to others. Okay, and then if, if if it builds up, then it could become even psychologically damaging. So, <coughs> and that also is due to um, misunderstanding uh, behavior. Okay, misunderstanding uh, how behavior is connected to the results that we experience. Uh, after that, then there is you have uh, uh, there is there is this the the, the tendency to be dis- to be discouraged is connected with laziness and uh, and th- the feeling of heaviness of mind heaviness of, of body where you feel that you just don't have the energy to, to do what you want to do and some, and sometimes depression can uh, uh, can bring this can bring this on where you just don't feel you you may want to do something but the energy that would actually make you actually uh, uh, fulfill it is just not there okay so that's connected with with uh, with uh, this uh, discouragement, is that, and for lack of a, a better word, we just call it laziness. We call it lazy, lazy energy. Okay, but not laziness in the sense of oh, I don't want to do that, but more in the sense of I would like to do it, but I can't do it, or I don't have the the energy that would make me do it. And then, of course, it goes to the point to the to the to, to the uh, full discouragement where you just. Don't, when no, where you don't even have the energy to want to do it 
it might be beneficial, but I don't want to do it. Okay. So and that's number four. And the fifth one is doubt. Okay. And this doubt is not so much uh, what you might call uh, uh, the kind of a doubt where you're investigating something and, and, and you don't know what the answer is and then you have a doubt. Okay? But it's, more, it's more of also, a, 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 you might call it indecisiveness. The, the place of indecisiveness. You're presented with more than one choice or more than one option and then you just find yourself not capable of actually choosing one. You just, you just, you're stuck in that indecisiveness. In the same moment, that's doubt. Okay, so these uh, hindrances are left in our minds uh, by 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 habitual tendencies, and they, and they get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Okay, and each one of them act, uh, uh, act, uh, is also preventing some some quality or some approach to the natural state of nirvana from manifesting. So they're like they're, they're like uh, gunk, you know, uh, you know, crusty and then. Uh, uh, help me with some adjectives here. <laughs> uh, like you know, they, they become not just dust on the mind. I mean, they're just more than just dust. They're like you know, embedded. embedded okay, and they and it takes. That's why it because they're so stuck to the mind. That's why it requires. That's why all the energy is required to get rid of them. So the, the process of actually arriving at natural meditative state, where where you're not, it's not something that you borrow from somewhere and then you, you you're using it and then you're experiencing meditative state. But it's actually a, a place where you you find yourself naturally. So the the inability to experience that is because of the presence of these hindrances. Okay. Uh, and they also. Uh, like for example, because of, of the lack of uh, uh, the, the laziness, uh, because of the presence of that, it becomes w- w- it becomes difficult to apply effort. Or once we start to apply effort, then we easily uh, we get tired, and not necessarily just physical effort. It could be emotional effort. It could be mental effort. Uh, we get tired after some time. We can't just keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. Okay. And then also that also manifests not only as a as some sort of mental attitude or mental uh, space to find yourself, but it's also manifests in the physical body as well as some sort of like a, a draining or, or I don't know if well nowadays the scientists has as as they said they discovered something called negative energy. What do you call it? Is that right? Negative energy is that what they call it? Yeah. Oh, black energy, no? Black matter. Black matter. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. Antiparticle. Antiparticle. This is this is like supposed to be uh, black matter and antiparticle supposed to be the same thing. Okay. We're not really scientists, <laughs> <laughs> but just for this class, for this moment, we'll say that's what they are. Okay. Antiparticle, I think, is like. When the two come together, they both the get destroyed. Yeah, both get destroyed. Yeah. So if antimatter was to meet, antimatter meets matter, matter and then they're not each other. Yeah. So we, we have like an abundance of matter and a, a slight lack of antimatter. Yeah. 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 Really matter. Matter is very important. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> 
so because of the presence of of of, of this uh, well uh, now we're expanding Thanks. it so it doesn't <laughs> doesn't make sense now to to you apply it <laughs> because of this thing that that uh, that exists physically w- within us you know like a, a, a what you might call a, a physiological form okay it drains us of energy the energy that would make us apply um, apply effort okay and remember last time when I said that the different levels of, of, of uh, samsaric existence uh, from, from the gross uh, uh, painful experiences that are 24 hours a day uh, uh, for, the, for that entire life from the moment that you're born into it and they have and subtle uh, experiences of pleasure all the way to one existence where from the moment you're born you're, you're experiencing great ecstasy unto, unto the end of that uh, of, of that birth, so what what allows for the different shades of experiences of pain and, and, and pleasure is due to a, what you might call a natural suppression of those hindrances f- for that life. So in that particular life, for example, the uh, if someone has uh, in that from the moment they're born, from the moment they die, they have a natural uh, burst of energy, like uh, they don't get tired easily. Okay, like they can you know run run a mar- run a ten year marathon or something, and they never get tired. Okay, not physically, not mentally, not emotionally. Okay, so what would, uh, what allows them to be able to do that is a suppression of that. Well, I'm not going to use that term, black matter, but uh, that <laughs> physical, psychophysical uh, stuff. Weight. Weight. You say? Yeah. yeah. That, that that drains of, of energy. Okay, so in that life, it naturally suppresses. Okay, so that's why you have uh, uh, the the two what called the, the the two paths that you can take to deal with with these hindrances. One is called the the mundane path, and is the path of suppressing them. And the supramundane path, which is what uh, uh, the path that leads to nirvana it's the path where you're not suppressing it but you're destroying it so that it never again will, will it manifest in, 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 your, in, your, in your being okay? not only for example if you were to destroy the, that, that physical uh, that weight that, that, that makes you naturally have a, a, a laziness and discouragement things like that not only will, it not, will you be free of it for, the, for that life after you destroyed it, never again in your for for the rest of your existence will it ever manifest, and then you will have natural uh, 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 enthusiasm for, for for whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, whatever energy it takes, you will find yourself going all the way through. If it will take three countless eons, <laughs> you will carry on for three countless eons until you reach the end. Okay. So, and the reason f- uh, and 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 the last. Uh, well, I'm not going to say the last time because every time I, uh, I say the last time I, I keep coming back remember <laughs> <laughs> the nine the number nine so you have nine levels within samsara you have nine levels of meditation you have nine uh, uh, innate what do you call it innate uh, uh, delusion D- innate de- nine degrees of innate delusion Okay, so this number nine keeps repeating itself. So, what keeps one in the in the desire or in the realm of being a human being, for example, is because they have suppressed 
those tendencies, one of uh, one of those nine levels. So each each the form realm has nine levels. The desire realm has nine levels. The formless realm has nine levels. So samsara has nine levels, <laughs> and in each of those levels, there you can say there they can be further divided into nine. Okay. Alright, and the number nine is not necessarily like you know it's, it's not like a some sort of a fixed universal thing. It's just for the sake of you know dealing with them. Okay, we just let, 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 let's just pick nine. Right? Supposedly there are eighty four thousand mental afflictions. Now I do think the Buddha actually counted. Okay, that's one, that's two, and he got to eighty four thousand. And it's not really eighty three thousand nine hundred ninety nine, or is it eighty four thousand one? But it's exactly, it's just, you know, it's a lot. Okay. <laughs> so, what, what, what did you just say, many? Well, if you say many, then it, 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 you might think infinity. <laughs> but if you say 84,000, oh, that's a lot. But at least it, there's a fixed number somewhere. Okay. So, uh, so instead of talking about 84,000 levels of things they have to suppress, it, and you already we're already discouraged as as it is. <laughs> if you think you have to suppress eighty four thousand levels, it might, you, you may not w- want to get out of bed. <laughs> okay, but I just say nine <laughs> because that's, that's an easy number to work with. And also you got the uh, nine months of uh, of uh, what do you call that? Ah, what do you call that? When you're in the womb, uh, gestation. gestation. Okay, <laughs> so this nine it sort of fits nicely. Okay. Yeah. So, having suppressed to some degree one of the nine the the, the nine uh, levels that makes you makes you uh, uh, well uh, for a human being is that these among these nine they are suppressed to a certain degree and then you naturally manifest as a human being and if you were not able to ma- to suppress them enough then you will manifest less than a human being. Okay, naturally and if you're able to, to uh, suppress more of them then you would naturally manifest uh, life as you know one of the divine beings uh, actually uh, in uh, Sanskrit the word deva means uh, 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 like you know, somebody who has natural light okay, bright okay? Uh, but we use the term gods because you know, that's what we are familiar with but it's because of the how, uh, because of our uh, culture, it's sort of difficult to really understand what what's a god, right? because it was oh, there's so many things implications in there. Okay, so uh, so pleasure being is a term that somebody uh, Gishe Michael actually I think is the one who, who who came up with that pleasure being. So depending on how much of your, your those nine you suppress, then you 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 naturally manifest of one of the levels of the pleasure beings. And also those five hindrances are also they're suppressed to some degree. Okay? And you can say, well, each of them have a degree of nine also. <laughs> so nine levels of attachment, nine levels of anger, nine levels of and so forth. Okay. So uh, so the Bodhisattva now on the path begins b- before they get to the, the first bumi, they begin by suppressing. They, they, train the, they train themselves first to suppress the hindrances to some degree, the five hindrances, and then they manifest uh, uh, a meditative state that allows them to 
see, see the true nature of reality directly. Yeah, well. <laughs> oh, it's probably a, a radio, a, a clock radio in there. But it's coming from there. That's my reason. I'll see, maybe, maybe it's upstairs. <laughs> I guess the sound is bouncing, yeah. echoing. I can't, I can't quite make it out. Turn it up a little louder. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for you. You found it? I found it. Oh, okay. I know you said Okay. That's better. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> Actually, that's a that's a a, a good uh, a, a good t- demonstration <laughs> of what we are we're talking about. <laughs> So my meditative state, meditative state, being distracted. Mm. Okay. Is that it? <laughs> well, yeah. I can make no guarantee. So it's ba- battery operated. Is that it? Uh. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Just throwing it out the window. <laughs> can I do that? Uh, throw it out the window? You can, but I don't know if the person who owns it will like it. <laughs> a good demonstration. Um, uh, what what distraction. W- distraction is a tendency that we have that we have de- that we have developed and that is that is set in, set in our mind that you could say the capacity capacity to be distracted. Okay, and and that is actually uh, uh, set in our mind through because of of uh, uh, um, what's that term I use again for guilt. Dysfunctional guilt. It is dysfunctional guilt that sets up the capacity to be distracted, or the ab- the inability, or the ability not to be to, to not to be not to f- to be focused. Okay. Inability. Right. Inability to focus. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, so when the Bodhisattva has suppressed, having suppressed, at first you cannot just destroy them. The only way to destroy any measure of them is, is, is when you are in direct perception of the true nature of reality, or when you're directly perceiving emptiness. Okay, only then can you actually destroy any uh, degree of those uh, hindrances, either, one of, either any of the nine or any of the five. Okay. And because of the destruction of one of those levels of the nine nine state of innate ignorance, innate delusion, when one of them uh, is naturally is, is destroyed, there's a natural uh, manifestation that seems to be a positive, that, like as though the Bodhisattva has acquired some positive qualities. But it's not that the, the Bodhisattva has acquired some positive qualities, it's just that those qualities were like, you know, uh, buried under the, 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 the what is that word used, encrusted? 
embedded, those, those hindrances which are embedded in the mind. And then being free of that, like, uh, like uh, a portion of it, then that part just naturally shines, naturally uh, manifests. And, it's, and, and the Bodhisattva seems to be exhibiting new qualities, new, new positive qualities. Okay. And, and uh, quickly mention this, and uh, is one of the reasons why, the, uh, if you've listened to Dalai Lama speak, before he, before he gets into his, uh, whatever he's going to talk about, he talks about how uh, is a nat- it is natural f- for human beings for to be compassionate, and and the reason that we are not naturally compassionate is because we are su- sort of like suppressing that. So in that, in that same sense, so anger, attachment, all those uh, sort of uh, afflictions, they are really elaborations, and when they are gone then compassion will become natural. Loving becomes natural. Okay. Uh, so, when the Bodhisattva has been suppressed sufficiently, then eventually, due to that suppression, they d- perceive emptiness directly for the first time, then that's when they, 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 they get they got into the first bhumi. Okay. And at the first bhumi, because they have... And there are different things that are destroyed. Among the different things that are destroyed, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, these five uh, hindrances that I mentioned, they get destroyed one after the other. Okay? And the reason that it happens one after the other is because, the, because one is absent, one is destroyed, then those positive things that are manifesting becomes even more powerful. So, at the point where the Bodhisattva has suppressed them to the degree where they can now see emptiness directly, you could say they have suppressed all those, all those, all those five hindrances are suppressed. All the 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 ignorance is suppressed to such a degree, and because if they're suppressed, then then the bliss, the blissful experience is, is manifesting. Then clarity of mind is, is manifesting, and and as a result of that, then the, the power of what is manifesting is capable of destroying what, some degree or one level of these hindrances. And when one of these levels of hindrances is destroyed, then more than those positive qualities becomes even more um, uh, become amplified. And because of the amplification, then that, also, that, that uh, works against, again, another one of the degree of the hindrances, another degree of the innate tendencies. And because of that, and that becomes more, it, it just keeps on multiplying, multiplying, Okay. So, at the first level, what 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 gets to be uh, uh, destroyed is uh, mm, stinginess, stinginess, miserliness. Not only at first it was just suppressed, and now because the Bodhisattva has had a direct perception of emptiness, now that is now destroyed. No longer again will the Bodhisattva ever have any tendency to to, to be to, to you know to, to be miser to to uh, to be selfish in, in that tendency. Okay, and also uh, because the Bodhisattva is now free from miserliness, now the Bodhisattva experiences a, a natural, ever-present sense of joy. So this joy. This lack of uh, of of miserliness now will 
amplify all the other things that are present in the Bodhisattva's mind. So the, the calm state that the Bodhisattva is able to experience, the capacity to focus that the Bodhisattva has experienced, will become amplified. And because of their amplification, and then again the Bodhisattva uses all those now to go and see emptiness again for a second time. And at that moment, then uh, at the second state, you know, sometimes what prevents us from being ethical prevents us from, from being moral is not so much that we want to we consciously want to be immoral it's just sometimes we, we find ourselves incapable of stopping a, an action or stopping a thought and it just takes over so that tendency or that lack of control is, is destroyed at, at the second time the Bodhisattva sees emptiness directly okay? and because of that the Bodhisattva now uh, uh, is, is naturally ethical and, and, and the, the, first, the first thing at the first Bhumi at the first level the Bodhisattva uh, practices generosity to an exceptional degree so you could say to, uh, to a perfected degree okay? because it's completely free of any wanting results of any wanting anything for, them, for themselves okay? at, the, at the second Bhumi now the Bodhisattva has no not, not even the slightest uh, uh, desire to, to do anything to do anything that might, that might be unethical and it says not even in, 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 their, in their dream would they even want to do something that has a, that, that might be the slightest infraction okay uh, so what it gets destroyed at, at, at that level is is uh, is uh, I mentioned already so it's that tendency okay and so you have to just just like uh, all those positive uh, qualities were amplified now those qualities are amplified even further and because of the amplified further then it allows the Bodhisattva now to go into meditation with a much more powerful mind with a much more powerful uh, sense of uh, of of, of uh, uh, bodhicitta, so bodhicitta becomes amplified, okay. And you can understand also when the bodhisattva first went to see emptiness directly, those all those uh, hindrances were present in the mind, and and they were they were like just dormant. Okay, and now with the second time when the Bodhisattva goes into the, the experience of seeing the true nature of reality, for, for the true nature of reality, there's something that's not there anymore. So the experience becomes even, even, even more powerful. Okay. So at the second level, the, the, uh, at the second Bhumi, that's when the Bodhisattva is has destroyed one of the nine levels of innate ignorance. And what's the name of it again? Remember. What's, what's the name of the, 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 the first level of, of the nine innate ignorance that is destroyed? Big, big. Big, big. But the, uh, so hmm? the first, on the, once you reach the first level of stinginess is destroyed, mm-hmm. the second level, whatever is the antithesis of morality, the, yeah. uh, what you describe is the, just the ability to want to break your morality. Yeah. Now you're saying on the third level, 
the big, big or the oh no no on the second big big is destroyed okay, okay. yeah okay so the both of those happen yeah both of those happen there yeah. okay. okay now on the third level that's what we were la- last time right <laughs> so on the third level so big medium gets destroyed so that's so a, a two two now there are only seven levels of innate ignorance left Okay, so the Bodhisattva is now is not that not only are, are the first two dormant and they're present, the lying dormant. Not, now they're completely gone. So you could say now there's more space in the mind of the Bodhisattva. Okay, so there's no more uh, stinginess. Stinginess is gone, destroyed. Uh, the tendency uh, to be immoral is gone. Uh, uh, intellectually, what is called intellectually formed kind of ignorance or misunderstanding. That's that's gone in the first stage. That's also gone. Uh, big big is gone. Now big medium is gone, and now uh, now the bodhisattva has uh, the tendency to practice uh, patience. Oh, oh, I forgot. I forgot to give you the names. The first level is called the joyous or the very joyful the second Bhumi is called uh, immaculate stainless Uh, the third level is called um, uh, it's kind of different which one is luminous okay and and there's a reason why something is happening to the Bodhisattva that is manifesting that is why the, that Bhumi is given the name that it is given. Okay. And it's all because of all those things, because of suppression, because of elimination of certain things, and because of, of those positive qualities. You could say the, uh, the positive qualities of Nirvana are uh, 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 appearing more and more, are uh, manifesting more and more, and being, uh, their manifestation is being amplified more and more. Okay. At the third level, uh, both uh, what do you call it uh, attachment attachment to uh, attachment to what well not attachment to just attachment attachment is, 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 is destroyed and also uh, because Previously, the Bodhisattva's uh, uh, perfecting ethics, having perfect, having now is now perfecting ethics. Now that tendency to be to be, to be uh, what you call it uh, that dysfunctional guilt, dysfunctional guilt is now destroyed, and because of the the the, destru- the destruction of dysfunctional guilt, now. Uh, the Bodhisattva is now capable to manifest uh, an, an, uh, an, uh, a great degree of patience. So th- they're no longer a, a, sub- a, a subject to anger. So that's destroyed. Okay. And what else? Something else is destroyed. Hmm. I, I mentioned big medium. Yeah. Okay, we got that already. Okay. 
and now also self-cherishing is, is destroyed self-cherishing is destroyed so, a lot, so you, as you can see uh, when, you, when you destroy one thing it, uh, it gives the mind the space and the power to destroy even more even more things and because of that all those positive qualities which were present at the, le- the level of suppression um, are amplified okay. so at the third level and the reason that it's called luminous is because all those things which are gone they're no longer taking space in the mind so the Bodhisattva's understanding or, or, of, of, of the true nature of reality is amplified to such a degree that, that it actually the, the mind of the Bodhisattva is said to, to be illuminated that you, the Bodhisattva experiences his or her mind as you know like a bulb like a bulb light bulb <laughs> like a light bulb like uh, shining and uh, it is I'm not sure if it, and, it, and it is it is you know uh, you even experience that sometimes like you, you see someone and it seems to have some sort of a glow of a radiance around, uh, about them okay so that is is manifest also in, in the Bodhisattva like the, there's there's some source of, some sense of a uh, physical glow or physical brightness ab- about the about the Bodhisattva and, and it may not be like a physical light, like uh, you know, like the ray, the ray of the sun. But you know, it's it's that. Im- why why do we say that someone has a glow? Is it so? It's it's. It's not like if you take them into the dark room and they, they you can read by them. <laughs> <laughs> but but there is something that we experience that we perceive that we say, oh, there's a glow to you, or there's a. It's that that kind of a glow, and it's always present now in the bodhisattva. Just like before, the Bodhisattva always have this joy, no matter what, what's going on. There's this joy that's not uh, never disturbed. Now there's this glow that you know, it doesn't matter what's going on. It's, it's always present. Okay. So now all these things now being present. Now when the next time the Bodhisattva is, uh, goes into seeing the true nature of reality again, all these make that they make that experience even more powerful. And because of that, is more powerful. Now it destroys uh, big, small. <laughs> so you, you get the progression: big, 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 small. No, big, medium, big, small, and th- we 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 through with big, and it's going to be medium, big, medium, 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 small, and then we get the progression. Okay. So now, having destroyed uh, big, big. No, big, big, small. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna blah blah blah. Have you saw big, small? Now the Bodhisattva uh, is on, now on the fourth, fourth level, uh, and this is where now uh, what uh, the what you call it uh, that sense of of lethargy that that you were experiencing before that uh, kept you from uh, being able to meditate properly and now not only the first time when you uh, achieving medita- meditation what you are doing where well, you are suppressing it and then of course when you out of the meditation and then it manifests again and depending on how deep of a me- how deep of a meditative state you are able to achieve or how uh, frequent you're able to get into that meditative state, there's a point in this life, 
where he can suppress it to such a degree where it doesn't manifest anymore but it's still present at the fourth Bhumi the Bodhisattva destroys this tendency altogether never in the Bodhisattva's existence will the Bodhisattva experience heaviness of mind heaviness of spirit heaviness of, or in the body whenever they want to do something they, have, they, 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 they immediately find the energy to, 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 to do it if it will take them years to do it they will, they will continue, continue until they, they see the end of it okay? and that is because all those things which are present are, 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 are amplified to such a degree now that that tendency is now destroyed okay? and now of course the Bodhisattva now practices effort the perfection of effort to an exceptional degree okay? now I'm gonna, we're finally going to reach number 5 <laughs> and we're not going to get into number 6 yet because number 6 will take us a few more weeks to get through it there's a lot of stuff happening in number 6 Okay, and I, it's the most interesting. It's the most. In, it's the most interesting of, of the of the ten. Okay. So now that uh, so attachment is gone, anger is gone, or or ill will is gone. Uh, what else is gone? I just mentioned that. <laughs> Laziness. laziness is gone so those three are gone There's, there are only two of the five hindrances as far as meditative state is concerned that are left but they're not left in the sense that the bodhisattva is sometimes have uh, uh, it's not that they are manifesting in the bodhisattva because even before achieving the first bhumi all these things were suppressed and they remain suppressed throughout the time that the Bodhisattva is engaging in the, the various bhumis but it's the, that in the Bodhisattva's career as the Bodhisattva climbs the bhumis now not only are they suppressed now they are being destroyed okay so, so now at the fifth bhumi what is destroyed now is uh, is uh, dysfunctional guilt or the the the, the what do you call that? Uh, the tendency to to have dysfunctional guilt, because it wasn't that the Bodhisattva had some sort of dysfunctional guilt at the fourth Bhumi or any Bhumi before that. Okay, but the tendency, the seed for that to ever manifest in the existence of the Bodhisattva from that moment until the end of time, that tendency is now destroyed. Never again will it will arise, and because of that. And and that is the that is the the uh, the, the example of the clock that that, that went on. That that is the reason why uh, uh, we we have the, we have a tendency to be distracted. The tendency to be distracted is actually a a, a, a manifestation of of a dysfunctional guilt. Okay, and I'm and I'm saying dysfunctional guilt because there is a, a, a sense of guilt that is, that is, function, that is uh, uh, constructive mm-hmm. like when you realize wait a minute this action uh, uh, has led to an unwanted uh, uh, situation and you're calm you're clear and you say now I regret having engaged in that action and, and then you, you, you do something positive or something constructive now I know I'm not to do this action again so the, the time in between before you in, uh, 
when you come to painting what was going on that made you not want to do the action again that, that's, that's a, like a, 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 a healthy sense of guilt okay so the the, uh, the sense of guilt that, that makes you dysfunctional where you're not you're not able to do you're not able to get yourself out of the situation where you are so, so and it, it manifests in, in, in various uh, forms remember nine levels <laughs> so it manifests you know, in different grades okay it can be you know completely uh, uh, how do you say deliberate de- debilitating uh, say that again debilitating 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 yeah okay because I, I switch the, the L and the B sometimes <laughs> debilitating okay it can be debilitating where you know uh, you're not helping yourself and if you stay we stay in that in that state longer you, you become a, a, a danger to yourself either psychologically or emotionally or even physically sometimes okay so it, it's, bec- and it's because of that you could say the mind is not capable of staying steady okay and because the mind is not being able to stay steady then whatever you know whatever uh, goes Whatever comes is easily steals the attentions of, of the mind. Okay, so that's why we are incapable of, of focusing. Of course, uh, that's the you said that's the main thing. All the other things also act in some way to make us not able to focus. I mean, attachment, anger, all those they all they all play their part. But the main thing, the the the, the general, the king, that really makes sure that distraction uh, happens. Is this uh, this dysfunctional guilt? So now that the Bodhisattva has destroyed the tendency to have to be to have dysfunctional guilt, now the Bodhisattva is now capable of having even a much more powerful focus. Now, the Bodhisattva already had a powerful focus that allowed the Bodhisattva to enter the first bumi. Okay, but you have to remember, along with that focus, there were all all those other things were there present dormant. Okay. Now the, bo- the Bodhisattva's mind is freed of a bunch of things, so that focus now is more powerful, especially more powerful because the what uh, what uh, makes the mind weak to to have to have its attention being stolen is completely gone. What is completely gone, and because of that, uh, of course, the Bodhisattva now is capable of of doing incredible things. With, with meditation, with focus. Is, is that like um, you? Because like, it's not very intuitive that dysfunctional guilt could necessarily be the hindrance to meditation. Yeah. So it, mm, it's 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 connected to what what allows for dysfunctional guilt to be able to take over is 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 that tendency to be unethical. It's connected to that. So when you are when you behave un, uh, uh, immorally, when you behave uh, uh, unethically, that that has uh, that's where we, we feel you feel guilty because you acted in a certain way that was unethical. Yeah. Okay. And then it, it becomes dysfunctional when you're incapable of getting yourself out of that that state. Okay. So like you would start to meditate with. But there's some sort of nagging thing. Is like you know that you did. Uh yeah, it's somewhere in the in the not manifest, but somewhere in the unconscious, you could say. And you like you have to keep reviewing 
going over and over that you, you know, the things that you did that mm. that you weren't so um, pleased with. Yeah. And so that does that feeling like I need to go back and review everything and make sure, like the people that I kind of lied to, I I uh, make sure I remember how I lied to them. Like so, it's taking time away from meditation. Okay, the second half is more what's happening. But I understand what you mean, like, you know, I mean, there isn't really any, like... It isn't tied to a specific event all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. overall feeling of remorse. Yeah, yeah. associated with all the things that you've done. All the things that you've done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh... Because I, I, I find, like, I have this, uh, just need to always review... Even if I send an email to someone, like then, then like a nasty email? No, not nasty. <laughs> it's not nasty, but it's all in capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, usually all lowercase. Grammar. <laughs> 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 but uh, no, no. Then I'll just go back and read the email again, just to just to like review. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And that, that that seems to be like a meditative obstacle. Is like this need to like just check on everything or or. Mm-hmm. Just, just sort of go over mm-hmm. and. Um, but the subject perfection is it doesn't sound like you want to do. Are you perfectionist? But I feel like the ones that are the ones that the nag you. Well, yeah, 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 because the thing, the things that you spend the most time reviewing are the things that maybe you're not so pleased about, or mm-hmm. that you you kind of felt. Like, uh, you know, you should have, shouldn't have done it that way. So mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a kind of... Uh, mm-hmm. and, it, and it doesn't have to be a conscious uh, uh, thing that's happening, but it, it's somewhere in, in the mind. It's occupying space in the mind. Mm-hmm. And now that the Bodhisattva has gone through removing the tendency to be uh, uh, unethical, and from, from that moment on, everything they do is ethical. So that sense of guilt is 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 is, is no longer doesn't have any uh, say n- n- nutrition to 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 grow or to, so it's, it sort of stays there dry dry and until it gets to that point it's just completely destroyed because so we have to consider also from the very moment that you say I'm gonna I'm gonna become enlightened for the sake of what sentient being even if though even though that thought doesn't really resonate with any gut feeling. From that moment on, no matter how long it takes, there's a, there's a tra- there are transformations occurring. There are things which are being, being suppressed. And perhaps you may not have as much power as suppressing some, sometimes. Sometimes you're able to suppress your tendency to be, uh, if you have a tendency to, I don't know, if you're like, like, a, if you're like, see, what is happening only with little boys? They, li- they like to uh, 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 with insect um, <laughs> magnifying glass magnifying and destroy dist- burning, burning them and mutilating them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever it is that goes through your mind that makes you okay oh, oh there's a bug that's, that's, that's uh, that seems innate too it's not a, yeah it's not even a you know, nobody ever showed me how to check yeah. the whole calling your answer with a magnifying glass <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't something my mother showed me no <laughs> So that, that tendency to, to do to, to be act that way and not be able to restrain yourself, or you could say the ability that the inability to restrain yourself, that's that, that's the that's the ability that is destroyed. Okay, 
and, the, and, and even the thought of even pondering doing an action like that doesn't, that doesn't enter in your mind anymore so because, because of that, that the stage is, is set for now for, the, for dysfunctional guilt to never uh, have to happen anymore because there's no, there's, there's not, there's no basis for it anymore okay? and you, you can also understand how, also has, uh, how it is a distraction right? Because your uh, your mind is some part of your mind is always on that. It's almost as I almost would like to take the the purest uh, stand, like you know we are already pure and perfect, and then we, when we act against that purity, there's something in us that we sort of mind sort of is bothered by it, and this is completely you know. Uh, <coughs> yeah, not founded on any. Anything. Okay, I'm just making it up right now. I mean, it could be true, it could not be true, but it it seems to explain, uh, make it work. The explanation, right? And also, uh, the way the Buddha describes uh, in un- when you when you're unethical is like a, it's like you owe a debt. It's not like every day you're thinking, I owe this much, I owe this much, I owe this much. But somewhere within your mind, you find yourself not capable of functioning pro- wholly properly because you owe something. Okay, so. So, behaving uneth- unethically is like borrowing, and when you when you when you free yourself of that of that of that of that unconscious uh, for what through whatever measure either you do a purification practice or you do some sort of uh, you do a makeup activity or whatever or you go to the person and you apologize until you do something to sort of like uh, bring a balance so to speak. That 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 sense of of uh, of uh, nagging, nagging will, will will be there. Okay, it's like you owe a debt. Until you pay that debt, it's, you're not going to feel completely free. Okay. Uh, so when that sort of sense of a debt is completely gone, you feel free. Your mind is feel freer, and your mind is not doesn't uh, have to be stolen you know it's like uh, and, you know, the debtor comes to your door and the debtor the debtor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the debtor has a right to come to your door <laughs> he has a right to come knocking at the door it doesn't matter if you're if it's, if it's uh, you know if you're right in the middle of uh, of, of uh, a, uh, dinner. Huh? Dinner. a dinner you know <laughs> 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 he has a right to, dis- to remove you from where you are because you, there's something that you owe okay so that's uh, all these analogies uh, uh, fit fitting. And, and I guess part of that acting is ignoring the, the doors, taking energy to ignore. The yes, doors yes, doors yes. And, uh, you have to take energy to, yeah. to even to ignore it. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I think so. The f- did I mention what's, what's the name of the fifth? No, the name of the of fifth Bumi. I don't think so. Right. We know what's destroyed, but we, okay. The name of it is. That I was hesitating a little bit because uh, the one before is called luminous. This one is called radiant. Is that now the Bodhisattva really shines? <laughs> that light is even brighter. <laughs> okay, and, and and it has to do with uh, you know uh, the embedded gunk that's uh, obscuring your your true nature. Now a lot of it is is being removed, 
and the brightness of your chi nature is now is now uh, manifesting. Okay, and you act, and the bodhisattva actually experiences a sense of radiance. The luminous has to do more with uh, how things appear to the bodhisattva, like things takes things take on a, a natural uh, luminosity in, in the perception in the in the sense perception of the bodhisattva. And now this time the bodhisattva is now emitting this kind of a radiance. Okay. And, and, and another, another way of, of uh, translating the, the, the term is like the blazing. Blazing. Okay. Right. So, what's destroyed? So now we, we've got, we, all the big ones are gone. Big, 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 small, big, uh, big, 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 big medium. Okay. Uh, on the first, uh, so I guess going backwards. So mm-hmm. right now you're talking about the fifth stage. Right? The fifth stage. So wouldn't at that one you you've already started on medium stage? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Going backwards, it's blazing luminous. And mm-hmm. The third one's called. No, uh, radiant. Ra- sorry, yeah, blazing or radiant, mm-hmm. and then backwards luminous mm-hmm. is number four. Mm-hmm. Okay. And did you give number three? I don't know. If I, oh, think I think I may have missed one. I think maybe we. So joyous is the first one. Joyous is first one. Oh, Deva, that's a, that's a no, that's a, a, a kind of being in samsara, whose suffering is not as much as others. Okay. Uh, so joyous, uh, stainless or immaculate. Uh, oh, actually, number five is not radiant. Number four is, is radiant. Number five is called uh, difficult. 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 Difficult to to overcome. And the reason it's called difficult to overcome is because the bodhisattva is now difficult to be overcome by by anything. Okay. Like if if Mara, or oh, does that mean anything to you, Mara? Okay. Mara. Okay. <laughs> So if Mara were to come to the Bodhisattva and try to uh, say, ah, why are you wasting all your time? Enjoy your life. You know, you got all these powers already. Because by the fifth Bhumi, the Bodhisattva, because of even by the, uh, the third Bhumi, the Bodhisattva is able to manifest you know, all those positive things which are amplified. I mean, it's amplified to such enormous degree that the... Uh, to a no ordinary being, the Bodhisattva is like a god. Okay, he's able to manifest incredible, incredible feats. Uh, the Bodhisattva is by then has mastered all the uh, different levels of meditations. Has mastered all the uh, the, the what's called the psychic powers. Of manif- they they just naturally manifest in the Bodhisattva to a in- incredible uh, a mastery. Okay. So, but all this, so it would be, might be, it could, uh, I don't know, probably doesn't make sense to even say it, but just in case, if Mara were to come and try to persuade the Bodhisattva to, okay, won't you just stay where you are? <laughs> you got enough. You can do a lot of things. People can come worship you. You know, you can have a little, you can have a little, uh, your own little paradise somewhere. You can have your own little world, or even a few if you want. <laughs> so, uh, because. A Bodhisattva is at that point incapable of being overcome by any of those things. So that's why it's called difficult to, to overcome. Okay. Alright, so that's the, the, the fifth Bhumi. And that's where we'll stop. The next, the next time 
Will we have class next Sunday? Next Sunday is still uh, November. There's November, right? Mm-hmm. November because yeah. there's something happening. I, I think next Saturday is the dissolution. Uh, it's Saturday. I think so. Okay. I'll pause it. Uh, all right. <laughs> As okay. things go here. <laughs> okay. I think that was on the first. And all right. So something will be happening here on Sunday, definitely. It might be this class. <laughs> so, uh, so if it's this class, we'll we'll get into the six. We'll begin with the six bumi. The six bumi is very uh, interesting and a lot of important things there to uh, to understand. So. The sixth bumi is called uh, ma- the manifest. Manifest. And it's at, at this uh, bumi that the last of the five hindrances is eliminated. Okay. The the in, the, hin, the did I mention the hindrance? That called doubt. I mentioned that right. So doubt is completely eliminated. So the seed for ever having doubt is completely gone. Okay. All right. Unless you have any questions, we will proceed with <laughs> to written in English. I have a question about uh, right from the beginning of class. Mm-hmm. That, um, like you're saying, uh, when you when you see something like a uh, chocolate cake or something, you you. You feel like you're gonna take the happiness from inside there somehow and mm-hmm. get it into yourself. Mm-hmm. So I mean, sometimes I find myself like I just have a feeling like I want to do something that's gonna make me feel happy. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I used to do in the past was I can like listen to music, but listen to in a way like like I'm the one playing the music, and then that brings me that feeling. Or I can understand some people with food, like I can kind of get a little bit into food, like mm-hmm. that'll like give me that happiness a little bit mm. or like the feeling of like falling in love with someone will give mm. you that kind of feeling mm-hmm. so but alright so you're saying like the, the the things outside can't it's not the fact that you you can take the happiness from the thing mm-hmm. and put it inside yourself but what do you what do you recommend like when you have that feeling of like you just Sometimes you just get feeling, alright, I want to do something that's going to make me feel happy. Mm-hmm. And so usually what I do is I listen to music. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, um, so, and you mentioned instead of uh, find, trying to find that happiness in outer things, you try to find it internally. Mm-hmm. So, so, so like in that moment <coughs> when you feel like, okay, I want to like feel happy now, then, you know, I want to do something that's going to give it to me. Mm-hmm. So what do you think you should do with that point? Okay. So, there are uh, different approaches to that. If you really want happiness, you know what you have to do. Get to Nirvana. <laughs> that's, where, that's the happiness that you're looking for. Really. When you, when you feel the need to be happy and you go to music, what you, look, what you really wanting to get is Nirvana. And you think that music will give it to you, no matter how you, ex- you interact with the music. But the thing is, uh, what ignorance does the, is makes us think that the happiness is in the music itself. Until you interact with the music, you will not get the happiness. Okay. And and the reason that uh, that that's a flawed the reason that that's not in keeping with reality, where happiness is really coming from, is because this music may, may make you happy. 
and it might annoy the heck out of someone else. Okay? If the happiness was really coming out of the music, then whoever listens to it would get that same thing. And, like for example, uh, no, it's not a good example. I was thinking of mango. I, I don't think I've reached the number of mangoes I could eat when I start being sick. <laughs> but you know, so this is the music; it's your reaction. Yeah, yeah. It, there's something within you that is that is uh, uh, you could say that is um, looking for another word other than reaction. Uh, that is reacting, and that the music is acting as a as a conducive element that makes the happiness uh, uh, manifest. It's, so it seems that you know, it's, it's in the happiness that you're experiencing is like being oozing out of the music or oozing out, out of whatever it is that, you, that you're encountering at that moment. Okay? And because you believe it is coming from, the, from, the, from that, then that's why the tendency to go out for happiness you know, uh, gets uh, become a habit for us. Okay? So the happiness that we are experiencing that we, whenever we experience happiness, it is a manifestation of having suppressed, to some degree, any one of those afflictions. And we, it, any, uh, the conditions that suppress those conditions could be, uh, we, we, we sort of establish a relationship with music, for example, so that music becomes the means to suppress that. And then the, ma- the happiness manifests. Okay, it's not so much that music nature is to suppress that particular thing to make you happy. Is that you, because of your rela- the way you relate, or or either consciously or unconsciously, you have developed a relationship with a, a kind of music. <laughs> I have to say <laughs> that that allows that man- that suppression to occur for for happiness to manifest. Okay. And, and yeah, it's kind of like having a certain relationship with the music. Yeah. It, the rib, uh, and w- what would you be suppressing? I mean, you, I, I, you're not suppressing stinginess necessarily. Oh, uh, or are you just kind of blanket a little bit of suppressing all of them? Uh, I would say more of a blanket. It could be you're suppressing one of them, but not to, to a degree of suppression where you can say, oh, Stinginess is very quiet today. It must have been suppressed. <laughs> it's not to that degree, but it's a degree of suppression where you know uh, that natural nirvana, so like a as a little, you know, a little spark of it come, 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 comes out, and you feel a, a happiness. So uh, to round this up, you could say happiness or nirvana is what we naturally are. It's not something that we necessarily have to go and acquire. Okay. If we just get rid of all the junk that we've accumulated, we'll find that there's happiness already there. Okay. Uh, so it's... Hmm. It's, like an empty, it's like an empty room. You know? Happiness is like an empty room. You, 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 you fill the room with, with clutter, then you, you, you remove the, the emptiness of, of the room. Or the, the the space the space the space that was in the room, okay. and you no when you fill the, the room with clutter, then you remove the space that was there, so you don't you don't feel the space of the room anymore. 
when you move, remove the clutter, then you fill the, the space. So the space is not necessarily something that you took from somewhere and then you put it in the room. So in the same way, uh, happiness is like that. It's not something that you necessarily have to manufacture. What you have to do is just get rid of stuff that's blocking it. When you get, it sounds like what you're saying is you're getting clarity. You're, you're uh, creating clarity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what, what about when you've done that work and then you find yourself um, in a place where something hasn't done has caused you to lose that clarity? So you suddenly come to a place where you've lost this clarity. Mm -hmm. What do you do then? Uh, the thing to do is to recall the clarity and recall it with such, with, with such a conviction that it, it, it you know that it's not something that you're completely uh, uh, it's not something that is completely lost to you, you, you you've tested it before then it, it is the potential within you to, to experience it and just go back to that, to, to that. And, and that will give you the energy or the, the, the enthusiasm to, to do whatever you did before that allowed you the clarity to manifest so the memory of the clarity you, you hold on to that yeah but you hold on to it not holding on to it in the sense of that's the clarity but more in the sense of I know I've experienced this before so I know I have the, the capacity to, to get it mm. um, kind of the question. oh ok <laughs> right so we'll do closing prayers now so we'll do both the uh, Tibetan and then the English. And has anyone come up with a melody yet for the English? Uh, Richard was going <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's absent today, huh? <laughs> he was going to put on the spot. Page uh, 16. <laughs> I'm just going to page 18. Page 16.
By this virtue, in all beings perfect the accumulations of merit and wisdom and achieve the two holy bodies that arise from merit and wisdom. Almost came back to me. Remember my Catholic days when the chanter, cantor, chanter, I forgot the name, what they call it, when the chanter was reading. <laughs> Almost came back, but sorry, lost it again. <laughs> okay, thank you everyone. Ah, so, nice little gift today, Sunday. This, this Sunday, nice, beautiful weather, and the leaves are changing. And